0: The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the big finish story, My Dinner with Andrew. I'm Dom Bethanelli, and joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? And Jimmy Aiken. Hey, Jimmy. Howdy, Don. Folks, be sure to follow The Secrets of Doctor Who in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, your favorite podcast app, or at the StarQuest YouTube channel, where you should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications. And I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest network you're sure to enjoy, which is called The Secrets of Star Wars. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. And finally, uh, I want you to stick around to the end because we got some more of your great listener feedback on some of our recent episodes. So stick around for that to the end. But now we're talking about this Big Finish audio story. And Jimmy, can you give us a recap of what happens in this one? This week, we get a crazy, timey-wimey story involving River Song and the Fifth
1: Doctor. It's told out of order, so here we will be simplifying things. At the beginning of the story, River meets an ordinary man named Andrew, who looks just like the Fifth Doctor. But River is caught up in a plot by Madame Kovarian and a proto-Time Lord made from River's DNA named Brooke. And the plan is to kill the fifth doctor in a restaurant outside the time continuum named the Bumptious Gastropod. To prevent this from happening, River kidnaps Andrew and makes him play the role of the doctor. And with the help of the restaurant's oh-so-obliging maitre d', she navigates an exceedingly complex timey-wimey situation. The audio play is structured after the courses of a fancy meal at a fancy restaurant, Amuse Bouche. Appetizer, soup, fish, roast, game, salad, dessert, cheese, and coffee with an implied after-dinner mint. The grovelingly polite waiter points out that the doctor would not want Andrew to die, so River reprograms a waiter robot to impersonate the fifth doctor. But it goes on a shooting spree. Uh... And, while this is happening, River saves Andrew and takes him back in time to when the restaurant was just a cafe. And it turns out that Andrew has an unlimited credit slip from the doctor's clothing. But, while River is back in time, the fifth doctor wakes up and Brooke, the proto-Time Lord, shoots him, apparently to death. River arrives, but before she can deal with Kovarian and Brooke, a famous assassin intervenes and shoots River dead. Kovarian and Brooke then leave, but the mater d' reveals that the famous assassin was another robot waiter, and he only shot River with a stasis gun. When the stasis wears off, he introduces her to the owner of the bumptious gastropod, who happens to be Andrew, who bought the restaurant with the unlimited credit slip while he was back in time river and andrew finally have a meal together after which river sets off to discover if there is a way to save the fifth doctor from death and to take vengeance on covarian and Brooke. once she's gone the cafe's mater d offers andrew an after dinner mint the end
0: <laughs> this was a very timey <laughs> wimey episode so uh uh yep yeah, we- go ahead
1: yeah, I was going to say uh, one thing we might want to explain is what a bumptious gastropod is. Bumptious means superior to an irritating degree, so someone who's really highfalutin and too big for their britches. And a gastropod, it, it's from Greek roots, it means uh, stomach foot, and it includes slugs and certain kind of mollusks and snails. And I've seen imagery for the bumptious gastropod that has like a superior-looking snail on
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I assume given the uh, the the French sounding meter d it's probably it's snails which is escargot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. That's good. So, uh overall impressions of this story, Father Corey? It was fun.
2: It was uh as Jimmy points out, it was it 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 wound wound all the way through time and stuff and I think at one point there's three rivers there. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it, it was, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was fun to listen to the, the major D was, was just, you know, he, he, he could push the kind of the story along. He, he it really kind of, he's like, well, I'll do whatever you want, but, oh, you really should think about this. And well, what about this? And we've got a place for that and we're prepared. And now it was, it was, it was a lot of fun and it was, and it was fun, you know, uh, of course, Peter Davidson playing both the, the, the fifth doctor and Andrew and, you know, changing up his accent and everything. And but it was you know, you could tell it was still the same same voice
0: and everything kind of really added to the fun as well. Yeah. And of course, Alex Kingston playing River Song, which oh, yes. which is nice. Yeah, that, that was good. And the the actually the same actress who does Madame Covarian in the TV show. Yes. Uh, yep. Showed up again. So the uh, nice casting they got in this one.
1: Jimmy, your uh, thoughts? Um, so I was the one who suggested we do this one. This is one of my favorites of the di- Diary of River song. It's not. Um, there are others that are favorites in the series, too, like the, for me, like the Bechdel test, which we've already done, which is the Missy River adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I th- I like the I may like the third. So this is the third play of the third series. The Diary of River Song. And I think overall, the third series may be my favorite because it deals, it's not just River having random adventures, um, even connected random adventures like most of them. Instead, it deals with her origins with Madame Covarian, and it has a focus on the fifth Doctor. He appears in three of the four plays. And I like seeing her with Peter Davison's Doctor Um, I think the breakout characters that really sell it are Peter Davison as the as the fifth doctor, but not just as the fifth doctor. He also plays this man, Andrew Edwardson, who has a kind of lower class accent than the doctor does. And Peter Davison plays a third role in that. He plays the robot waiter playing the doctor. And I the first time I heard the robot waiter, it was it was amazing. I was not expecting it really, and it comes kind of comes out of nowhere uh i I did a, a clip or a set of clips um that uh I wanted to share with the audience, so you can hear what it sounds like so um River is trying to create a distraction to be able to save Andrew, uh, because Covarian and Brooke have now got Andrew in their clutches, they're escorting him out of the restaurant they're going to kill him, and then this happens Where are you taking me?
0: You don't want to (laughs) know
2: Oh. Okay. Now I really am going nuts. Hello, everyone. I'm the Doctor. And you're dead. Die, scum. Oh, get down way ahead of me. Be behind the table. All must face the
0: wrath of the Doctor. <laughs> All must die and the Doctor. Oh, Yes. I'm not entirely
1: sure I've captured his personality. Madame. I think that robo-waiter must have read my description in precisely the wrong way. It's not killing anyone, at least. I only included Brook and Kavarian as
2: viable targets.
1: Oh, thank heavens. It is merely destroying the restaurant. Madame, what do you intend to do about this? If it continues much longer, I may have to charge you for at least some of the damage creatures.
2: What should we do? Kill him, obviously. You... All must fall to the might of the Doctor. Ah! I am coming for you. Die, traitor scum. You first! I... Hey, look! No!
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love how peter davison is doing a robotic version of the fifth doctor and he's spouting this super villain dialogue all <laughs> i mean peter davison is like the mildest of the classic of all the doctors really right and um and nevertheless you have kind Peter Davison saying, all must face the wrath of the doctor. Die, traitor scum. And <laughs> <things> like that. <laughs> it's, it's just so unexpected. It's hilarious. So um, so delightfully homicidal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Peter Davison really is a breakout in this for me. He not only plays the fifth doctor, he plays Andrew, and he plays the homicidal robot. Um, the other breakout character who we also heard a bit of in that clip is the Mater D. Um, the mater D actually plays two parts. He originally, or at some point in his timeline, was a cockney cook. But most of the time we know him. He's this French accented, very sly, discreet, clever, helpful, accommodating, and sardonic mater D. And I love the the ridiculous understatement that he uses at various points. Like in this clip, he asks, what does Madame plan to do about this situation? If it continues, I will have to charge Madame for at least some of the damage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I like also how she says in that, uh, I don't think I've ca- completely captured his personality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like trying to get a chat GPT to, you know, to, to, to respond yeah. in the way you want it to. <laughs> yeah. So this is
1: one of my favorites. I also like the fact we have a really timey-wimey story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I like I like those in general, um, and it fits with the River Song era of things, which was very timey-wimey. Also, the the bumptious gastropod, the restaurant, is very evocative of Millaway's, the restaurant at the end of the universe in The mm-hmm. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, only it's not just at the end of the universe. It's outside the time continuum. It has its own parallel time continuum, so you can go back and forth in the gastropod's history. Um, but, uh, and I like this, the structure by, uh, uh, by the courses of a meal, um, mm-hmm. which the waiter in the maitre d introduces each course. And he'll say, you know, like amuse bouche, a single hors d'oeuvre so to give one a single mouthful of the meal to come. So served solely at the chef's discretion mm-hmm. and they work the name of the course into the dialogue. Um, So, for example, in the fish course, at one point, Madame Kavarian says, something very fishy is going on here. (laughs) And during the roast course, the maitre d' says, it looks like they're going to roast him alive. (laughs) And during the game course, Madame Kavarian says, I'm beginning to wonder if someone is playing a game with us. And so it's nice to hear how they try to cleverly work in the name of the course we're in and you know the courses in a meal you know you start with hors d'oeuvres and appetizers little small things you build up to the main courses and then you have the wrapping up the dessert the cheese the coffee and so forth at the end and it 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 follows a narrative arc so like when we're in the roast which is the and the game which are the two of the three main courses that's where most of the action is so it fits very nicely. I think it's very clever. I really enjoy this one.
0: Uh, I, I enjoyed it too. Uh, I found it a little bit hard to follow at times. It's just the nature of following an audio story when you don't have any visual cues um, to follow where we are in things. But that's fine. It's it's, it's part of the fun of listening to an audio story. Um, I too liked the that structure based around a meal. I thought that was clever. Uh, a really nice touch. And... uh yeah, I mean, River is always a delight. She's always fun, and uh, is very. She's very much River in this, uh, this whole story, which is which is fun because she's having to deal with the nature of her origin, the nature of her relationship with the Doctor, um, and just you know who she is in general and her reputation. So, uh, so a lot of different elements of play. I think the writing of that. Plus, including the doctor and, you know, not having the doctor be the main character in a in a story like this. I think the writing of that was really clever and well done. So it, it I like that um,
1: we we should mention the name of this uh, story. My Dinner with Andrew is based on a famous movie. My Dinner mm-hmm. with Andre uh Unfortunately, I have yet to see my dinner with Andre. I mean to, but I haven't yet, so I don't know how much similarity there is to that. Although I'm pretty sure there aren't homicidal robots in my dinner with Andre.
0: <laughs> Just Wallace sean which who's always a delight, that's for sure. Oh yeah, inconceivable. <laughs> Father, are you gonna? Did yeah. you have something you wanted to add? So I was going to see. You know, speaking of, of,
2: you know, talked about Peter Davidson and in his role, and I think he did a r- really good job to kind of help with the confusion of this play, uh, the story. Um, by how he did his voice. It wasn't just accent, you know, between Andrew and the doctor. He also, Andrew sounded more meek, I think a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was speaking, he wasn't as sure as himself as, of course, the doctor always is. Um it, the Accent obviously changed. It was a much simpler accent and things like that. You know, there's just, there were, he did a really good job with his voice. I mean, the ro- robo-doctor is a whole nother sure. I mean, that's a whole <laughs> story altogether, but uh, just between Andrew and the Doctor, you, you could very clearly tell when it was Andrew versus Doctor. At least I could you know, very yeah. easily tell. Of course, Andrew yeah. plays more into it than actually the Doctor does. So,
0: Right, the, do- the Doctor's unconscious most of those. <laughs> unconscious or flying away in the TARDIS. Yeah. Or dead at the end. Yeah, or dead, which is a whole thing we, we should probably mention at some point, too. Um, but the it is interesting, the Doctor... River doesn't know why the Doctor's there. She's at this restaurant. You know, we start... We don't start at the restaurant. We start kind of in forward in time, and then there's a whole jump. But then we when we get to the restaurant, the doctor shows up, and River's surprised by his presence there. And we don't even know why he's there. He's just there, uh, which is interesting. Um, and so she knocks him out because she knows that Madame Kovarian's on her way, and that's... You know, we should re- recall Kovarian was part of this whole thing about the, this whole kill the doctor conspiracy in, in in one of the Amy and Rory seasons with the 10th, 11th doctor. I yeah, those mixed
1: up. because she felt the doctor was a huge danger to the universe. And River confronts her about it. Th- this and says, think of the planets that he's not going to save. And she says, they're acceptable losses. I'm preventing a bigger threat.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And Kovarian was responsible for River becoming River by uh, kidnapping Amy and making her bear this child who was born on a TARDIS and therefore is a kind of time lord herself.
1: Yeah, and as this series reveals, she also created other proto time lords using River's DNA and you'll notice and they there are others besides Brook. Now Brook regenerates in this because River shoots mm-hmm. her, but um in there are other proto time lords in this box set. Um mm-hmm. and they all have water-based names just like mm-hmm. River does, you know. Um so so Brook you know, a brook is a kind of stream um, is like a little river. And so mm-hmm. she's she's in this episode. There are others that also have water based names. Like I, f- I forget if Creek is one of them, but um, but there are several and they include H, H2 and O. <laughs> mm.
0: That's good. Uh, and she when she rege- when Brooke regenerates, she regenerates into the form, the face of the mm-hmm rivers melody second. pond
1: yeah or, melody pond. Um,
0: melody amy pond's friend yeah me- right melody that's what it was yeah she um melody something water-based i think it was because they you know the names were mixed up song and melody and that sort of stuff anyway she looked like that character uh according to the description
1: and she sounds like her it may be what? the same actress i'm not sure it is, it is.
0: oh is. it is right yep. oh yeah Brick two is nina Toussaint white I wonder if she's named after a participant of Pietro Song. Um, hmm. So. Yeah, so this I'm trying to think of like where to go with that. Um, the, I, I like the fact that the the at the beginning they said you know the bumptious grass, gastropod is the, the greatest multi dimensional restaurant of all time, except it can't be of all time because it exists outside the traditional <laughs> chronology of the universe. So it's just the greatest. Uh, but which which also plays
1: a, a plot role because River is initially confused. How can the doctor die here? Because he dies at Lake Silencio. Yeah, and the Mater D explains a fixed point in time is only relevant where there is time. And so since they're outside of the time continuum, the fixed point doesn't apply here.
0: Right. That's what I was wondering is how that how that worked. And I I get I must have missed that line. It went by me fast. But um, so River comes up with this this morally dark solution to her problem, which is she's going to substitute Andrew to die in the doctor's place. After she shot the
1: fist doctor, which right. is she yeah. does, you know, she walks up to him at his table and, and shoots him and the waiter comes up with his water and mm-hmm. and sees that he's unconscious and um, River lies and tells the maitre d' he was just overcome by the experience of the restaurant, you know, it's so <laughs> yeah. so grand. He passed out and well, the maitre d' says, really, given the weapon you're holding, I think perhaps madame shot him.
0: <laughs> which he's I love the,
1: fine with he's just pointing it out i i love the way they
2: use him to you know to do exposition to tell us things that we can't see and the waiter comes up oh
0: monsieur here's your watcher which you won't need because you are unconscious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right 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 that you know adapting to the needs of the of the medium and that's that was good yeah uh and so the the but the Mater D, he he also acts you know sort of in some ways as the doctor's substitute here throughout because he says things and, like and, and the doctor would not like this mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah he's a bit of uh, yeah but he says it
1: in a grovelingly polite way as after river has explained now Kovarian may kill and she's not certain covarian's going to kill andrew but that's why she's brought him here is as as just like like silencio mm-hmm. She didn't really kill the doctor. She knocked out the Tesselecta that the doctor was hiding within. So you had a substitute doctor. And that's what she's trying to do here. She's got another substitute doctor in Andrew. So if need be, he can die instead of the fifth doctor. And the waiter, the waiter d, points out, uh, if you will permit me, this idea, it seems a little cold-blooded. <laughs> And she he points out that that the real doctor Or he asks the question, would the real doctor want Andrew to die in his place? And River mm-hmm. has to admit, probably not. And that's when she starts to get to work on a plan to save not only the fifth mm-hmm. doctor, but also Andrew.
0: I, I like when when she kidnaps Andrew to take him to the restaurant at gunpoint. Yes, uh, he's he's nevertheless kind of enamored of river like this beautiful woman and he's like he's Is kind of hoping a it's a date yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one sad man <laughs> he's, looking, he's looking for uh anything here even at he, gunpoint he does initially object that he's got
1: spaghetti bolognese out of the freezer and yes. it's defrosting and then at the end after he's become the owner of the bumptious gastropod river asks him if she wants her to take him back and he says no he's here he's the owner of a successful restaurant and this bag ball has probably gone bad
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah that, that's funny um so so th- that's when river uh you know after she's changes her mind she gets this the waiters are ro- all robots and they're all uh, able to change their appearance to look like the clientele like uh, that's one of the, the mm-hmm. things that we, we found out early and so she uses that camouflage ability to make one look and act like well <laughs> <laughs> look and sound like <laughs> the doctor I doesn't act. act much like the doctor but to look and sound like it and she arms it and it starts attacking and brooke this uh proto time lord assassin uh, complains the doctor doesn't use weapons which is as we know is demonstrably false Mm-hmm. Especially the
1: Fifth Doctor, he yeah. used a laser blaster to a Cyberman's directly to a Cyberman's chest. Yep.
0: Yeah. So the Doctor does occasionally sweep. Doesn't usually go on uh, rampages <laughs> like yeah. this. Did was we not do a story, a, a a River Fifth Doctor story where they were in a restaurant before? I have this vague, this recollection. Yeah, there that was um
1: Tenth Doctor story with River.
2: Well, there but there's the
1: one where the Fifth Doctor shows up right briefly oh yeah yeah that's the the second of the four plays in this set
0: okay Okay. and that so that's why so they've in this series it's the fifth doctor keeps showing up in rivers uh throughout rivers timeline and that's that's part of it okay
1: the one i was thinking of is expiry dating which is from a river (laughs) song 10th doctor set and Mm -hmm. it's not exactly in a restaurant but it's like the two of them corresponding through psychic paper and stuff that's, as they go on adventures. That, yeah. That's the one we're thinking of because the Fifth Doctor at one point shows up and is like a lost puppy for yeah River. Right, and right. He's he's he, exactly. He's incredibly in love with River. I forget why they explain how they explain that. She, I think she gave him some kind of love potion in that episode. Here, right. in there's a moment where she uh, kisses him to uh because she's got the psychic lipstick that makes whoever she kisses forget mm-hmm. and so she ends up kissing both the fifth doctor and Brooke to make them forget what's been going on
0: right right i think in that other one it was the hallucinogenic one the with the love potion in it the yeah. lipstick yeah because yeah. she's we saw that on on tv we saw that her mm-hmm. use that on a guard in a in, in the prison um so uh river goes all the way back to the restaurants beginning where it was instead of the greatest restaurant of the the all dimensions the multidimensional restaurant it was a basically it's like a hashlinging cafe what you know Mm -hmm. say with a you know a a, it's very um working class sort of place with a spoon and
1: yeah it's a very greasy spoon because the um the 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 chef the cockney chef who will become the maitre d is, is says to Andrew what do you want and Andrew's looking at the menu and says well I can't really have anything fried because of my difficulties mm. um, and his, the the chef is like sorry everything we've got is fried unless you want a green salad and, <laughs> and Andrew says oh well a green salad then and he asks for payment and. That's when Andrew goes fishing through the doctor's pos- pockets and finds an unlimited credit slip from the New Century Bank, yep. and is able to buy the whole place.
0: And that's presumably that's how the doctor just you know lives off of his unlimited credit chip in all in all series. Well, we, we've seen times
2: too where he's, he's had to actually fish for like cash, and he pulls out mm-hmm. a. I think it was the fifth doctor where he pulls yes. out like a, a handful of just
1: generic. Coins and you know, or sci-fi so, coins and stuff like that. Yeah. And,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. That's in uh the Ark of, of Infinity. But we've we've also seen the Doctor get infinite credit for people before. Um in the Ninth Doctor's time, when uh the Ninth Doctor takes Rose and Adam to the future mm-hmm. he gives adam an un, he 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 hijacks an atm machine with the sonic screwdriver and gives adam an unlimited credit um right. which andrew then uses to buy a data port for his head
0: right right oh i remember that one that was not a great episode <laughs> no yeah so um and but in the end as this story ends the doctor is you know we not we know he's not really dead but everyone in the story thinks he's dead. Uh, and that kind of leaves us on a cliffhanger, which presumably gets resolved in the fourth f- story, the fourth story of the series. Okay. Um, so anything else we want to say about the, the, you know, my dinner with Andrew, uh, by the Corey, I get a kick out of the, they they kind of call out the, uh, the BBC's plot or a
2: not plot, but a, a prop department where, uh, they pull out a gun, uh, Kavarian and Brooke pull out a gun, and they call it a, a silver hairdryer with bits on it. <laughs> yes, because, of yes. course, they've used hairdryers with bits on it as a gun in the show. So. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. That's good. Uh, Jimmy? Um,
1: I'm just looking down my list. One thing I know I wanted to mention, there's a nice exchange of dialogue where after the robot has been shooting up the place, um, the uh the maitre d comes over to the table and where covarian and brooke are and he says garcon a new tablecloth this one has holes yeah. and meaning you know blast holes, holes yeah. and brooke says might not just be the cloth and we hear her gun cock mm. so she's we know she's pointing it at the maitre d and he says Madame, is something not to your
0: satisfaction? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is like a like a classic stereotype or trope of the you know the the understated, nonplussed, always sort of groveling French meter D, who you know who's always. And I wonder. I mean, is that sort of like? a Casablanca thing or I'm trying to think. Oh, of like, it's much broader
1: than that. It, yeah. This trope shows up all over the place and here it's played really well for comedy. Yeah, it is really well done. Yeah. Oh, there's one line. If I
2: forgot, I was going to mention as well. Um, at the end, river says, you know, something about it scarcely bears thinking about. And of course that goes back to a universe without the doctor scarcely bears
1: thinking about.
0: Oh, okay. That was a line from, from the, the series that the, the TV yeah from series. the 11th yeah.
1: doctor. era. Yeah. Yeah, also, there's a nice bit where um, so in order to enable Andrew to uh, impersonate the fifth doctor, she first strips the fifth doctor's clothes off of him once he's unconscious. Mm. And, and then she forces Andrew to strip down to his underwear, which causes some nice comedy with the waiter and her undressing men in his restaurant. Um, And then she makes Andrew wear the clothes. And at one point, Covarian is commenting on the doctor's clothing. Now the fifth doctor's clothing is, sort of cricket inspired Mm -hmm. but it's not actually a cricket uniform and i've heard them poke fun at that in other big finishes where someone is taunting the doctor about what he wore as the fifth doctor it's the master actually now that i think about it is taunting the doctor about what he used to wear as the fifth doctor like nobody in the history of cricket ever (laughs) (laughs) and and in this episode Covarian at one point is is trying to describe what the doctor fifth doctor normally wears and she turns to river and it's like how would you describe it and river says she's never seen anything like it before <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you know speaking of that scene where she's making them you know get addressed and the, the mater d sees the unconscious uh a disrobed doctor on the floor uh he makes a comment and she says, uh, so few people are at their best when unconscious in their underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So that, uh, so that's it for the, uh, the, the, my dinner with Andrew. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to, to experiencing the, the rest of the stories in this, in this season, uh, the, the series of the, the river song, the third series, the diary of river song. Uh, so, um, and maybe we'll do others of them on the show. So that would be fun. So let's move on to our feedback that I promised. This is feedback coming in from our episode on uh, 332, The Woman Who Lived, the, that the 12th Doctor story. First one comes from Jennifer, who sends in an email. Uh, not sure if this was just my imagination, but it seemed as though there was a fairy tale theme going on with these two episodes, plus the finale. I mean that in The Woman Who Died, it was a Snow White theme. And in this episode, it's a Beauty and the Beast theme, except that the Beast turns out to be the villain. And then there's Clara's dinner girl outfit, I presume in the finale, which mm-hmm. looks similar to Belle's dress in the original animated Disney film of Beauty and the Beast. What do you guys think?
1: Well, it wouldn't surprise me if if those two stories directly inspired Stephen Moffat. I've often compared Stephen Moffat's era of Doctor Who to science fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It's not just science fantasy which is any soft science science fiction is science, like Star Wars is science fantasy. Um, But uh, Stephen Moffat, Doctor Who is science fairy tale very frequently. And, um, and so I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm afraid I'm one of the few people who has not yet. I mean to has not yet seen the animated beauty and the beast. I have seen clips from it and my memory is, yeah, Bell's dress is kind of similar to what Claire is wearing, but it's not clear enough. I'd have to check to see mm. if it looks like a direct inspiration for the dress.
2: Yeah. Well, that you, seems reasonable to guessed. me
1: as well. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I'm, I'm I'm with Jimmy. I haven't I haven't seen the animated Beauty and the Beast. Wow, either. Just, I've, I've seen never other. And watched it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen other Beauty and the Beasts. So, um, I would say I was I was trying to think of like it, it, the the woman who died or the girl who died, um. Which was the actual title. Um, how it would be Snow White. I mean, she's. She's dead and then comes back and. The doctor's like the prince who. I guess. Wakes her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And the, and the, but, and the, uh, not bumptious. The uh, the o uh, Viking villagers are like the dwarves. I guess mm. <laughs> I suppose that's possible. Uh, if Missy was there, they would totally. She could be the wicked witch. You know the yeah. the wicked <laughs> stepmother. Uh, so anyway, our thank you, Jennifer. Our next feedback comes from Mark Gillies, 1970 via YouTube, who writes: Jimmy is the doctor. Dom is his companion, and father is the brig. Um, okay i'm you know, I, I don't do know companions. i i
2: think dom dom obviously needs to be the doctor because he is the the host <laughs> and she's the 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 uh the doctor like companion <laughs> the doctor yes but i'll take the brig yeah, i'll you, take brigadier father you can do five rosaries rapid right <laughs> sure <laughs> or five rounds rapid either but, or. No. there you go
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh John Kofi, via YouTube writes, I stumbled upon New Who while I was studying for a master's degree in psychology. Around the time I watched this two-parter, my professor gave a lecture on the significance of death. In a nutshell, since death imposes an ultimate finality on human life, it, imbe- it impels us to imbue our life with meaning and purpose. I found a slash me, to be an apt illustration of my professor's point since in her immortality, she became so bored and listless this is a theme that gets
1: explored in science fiction periodically where you have very long lived characters right now they're exploring it in strange new world with the pelia mm-hmm. character
2: mm-hmm.
1: Uh, who explicitly talks about it she says you know what the worst thing is about having an almost forever lifespan and someone says what they say on doctor it's seeing everyone you die you love die and it's like No, Um, especially because members of your own species have the same length lifespan. So that's not the case. She says it's the boredom. (laughs) And and uh, there are other ones Um, in Larry Niven's known space. They have a drug called booster spice that radically extends the human lifespan. So people are now living hundreds of years and. Niven makes the point that some people go crazy after all that time and start undertaking reckless behavior and end up killing themselves or, you know, not Mm -hmm. intentional suicide. I mean, some may intentional suicide, but unintentional suicide, they just become more and more reckless because they're so bored. They start taking greater and greater risks. Whether that's really the case, we don't know. It's just a guess. (laughs) Um, People may adjust to longer lives just fine. And uh, or there may be problems, but not boredom may not be one of them, or it may not be one for everyone. Um, and we are, of course, talking about life in an unglorified form here on ordinary Earth yep. with our ordinary human abilities, except for a longer lifespan. Um, but we don't know because we don't have people living that long. You you look at a lot of people who have lived extremely long, people who are 120 years old, and they don't talk about being bored. In my experience, they talk about how grateful they are and how how they've lived this long and things like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's because the doctors and the other time don't apparently get bored. And, you know, the. And listless. I mean, this uh, was actually explored in Star Trek with the Q. Right. I mean, this was mm-hmm. the uh, an episode of Voyager where the the Q continuum they were also bored by their eternal existence that they kind of just became listless and apathetic.
2: Um, I, I was going to say the Doctor's not a good example of this because he did get bored and listless and stole a Tardis and
1: traveled. Yeah well yeah. <laughs> he said he's as recently the 11th doctor has said it wasn't boredom it was something else that caused yeah. him to flee but
0: yeah who knows because yeah, they, the doctor thrown, lies yeah they've thrown <laughs>
1: many different explanations out there that's
0: I mean, true and this he captain bored, jack he got
2: thrown out you know and
0: yeah. yeah the captain jack the face of Bo. you know the i would i would be interested to explore more of the face of Bo and what he's like you know how jack goes from jack to Bo. Uh, over the course of billions of years or whatever I, it is. I, I think the least we, less we see Jack, the better, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe more Beau than Jack. <laughs>
1: Another thing yeah. that has a bearing on this, I think a lot of the reason that some old people look forward to their passing is because of the difficulties that accompany old age. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, because there is additional suffering, you can't do as many things as you used to. You're you have lower energy, things like that. And aside from things like arthritis that can also happen. Um, but if you had normal young adult health and right. vigor and enthusiasm mm-hmm. indefinitely, I don't know that you get bored. You just find some new hobby, you know, some new mm-hmm. channel for your energy.
0: Yeah. I mean, and plus uh, this idea that the the episode advanced of the you your your brain can only hold so much information. Well, there's a
1: there's a couple of assumptions there. The first one is you would run out of space after only a few centuries. And I don't think that's true. Uh, We also prune our memories. We keep the most important ones and we lose the that's a normal part of human life. We all do that. Um, And then there's the assumption that your mind is confined to your brain. And um, we've got some evidence it ain't mm. like when when people have near death experiences, their hearts are shut down, but they still have experiences with veridical information in them that can be checked and turns out to be true after the fact.
0: Yep. You are not your you're not your physical stuff alone is the, yep. the answer to that. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for your feedback. We really do appreciate everyone who sends in feedback. and We love to we love to get it. We'd like to take a moment here to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create The Secrets of Doctor Who, including Pierre M., Carolyn S., Stephanie L., Heather C., and Kevin G. Their generous tax-deductible donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Simon Yannick, who edited this episode. So that's it from us. What did you think of my dinner with Andrew? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page or send an email to Who at sqpn.com Or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash Discord. You can watch The Secrets of Doctor Who on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash StarQuest Media. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing another Big Finish audio story, this time an eighth Doctor story called The Time of the Daleks. Until then, Jimmy Yakin, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Doctor Who. Thanks, Dom. And Father Cory Stika, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again... I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Doctor Who on Starquest. And remember, all must fall to the might of the Doctor.